0: Welcome to the Configure Price Quote podcast. My name is Frank Sohn and I'm the founder of no CPQ Consulting. This podcast is 100% focused on Configure Price Quote, also known as CPQ, and will provide you useful insights into this topic. My guest today is Gerald Schlechte. Gerald is CEO and co-founder at no 6 He has over 20 years of experience with ERP systems and founded and managed two companies. His company, Ener6, provides real-time integrated solutions for Salesforce and SAP. Gerald is from Austria and lives and works in Cincinnati. Gerald, welcome to the CPQ podcast. Thanks, Frank. Awesome to have me. Hey, Gerald. As mentioned in the introduction, you are from Austria. What brought you to the US?
1: Yeah, that's correct. I, I was fortunate. I grew up on a dairy farm in Austria, mountain biking, skiing, pretty much had the life and um, I grew up in the backyard of SAP as you can imagine in Germany uh, did a lot of SAP consulting and I worked for a company Swarovski Glass Crystals. Uh, did merchant acquisition for them did a lot of international projects in Brazil, all over the world in Europe uh, Canada and a couple of times in the US and uh, when they bought a company in Cincinnati I met my wife here actually and uh, three weeks later we dated and now I have Two kids, beautiful kids here and my family here in Cincinnati and I love it.
0: Great. Gerald, this is actually the first interview that I do with someone who is not directly related to Configure Price Quote, but provides add-on software for. It. Can you tell our listeners why you do what you do?
1: Yeah, as I, as I mentioned before, I worked in the SAP space for long, so I come from order to cash, procurement, whereas logistics, and so on. And when I got to work in the U.S., I actually had a company uh, that focused on e-commerce solutions and payment portals for Fortune 5000 companies. That was an add-on by CP as well. And while I was sold that and was working, I was lucky to work with Fortune 5000 companies like Under Armour, Firestone, Tissin, Crop, Vera Bradley, and so on. And I always get asked hey, you guys have some, such cool products for e-commerce and payment portals. Why don't they have something for mobility and especially for third-party integration, Salesforce, CRM platforms, and so on? And uh, that got me then to work with, with Salesforce and to actually start in all six. Uh, so my background as well, as I said before, is 20 years SAP, check of all trades, I did order to cash, I did finance, I did a lot of international implementations. And I think that's a huge advantage when we talk to our clients and our prospects. Uh, they don't need to teach us SAP or Salesforce. We know what they
0: want, what they need. We understand the problems because we lived it, worked, with, worked in it and understand the work very well. And I think the first time I honestly heard about NO6 was in software evaluations where you have multiple vendors. I think you partner mm-hmm. also with uh, Salesforce and specifically Salesforce CPQ. How did you get started working with them?
1: So we started working with Salesforce when we realized we did mobility uh, with, for SAP clients and then we realized actually that most of those enterprise clients are using now Salesforce. Uh, if you watch the market, Salesforce is definitely the dominating uh, player on the CRM, CRM space uh, next to Microsoft, Adobe is catching up and then as well SAP, of course. And we really saw the need of those forty-five thousand 5,000 enterprise clients to have data available in those custom engagement systems. So that's when we started really working to first with Salesforce. The CPQ actually was a funny story, like uh, the uh, Mr. CPQ, Godardable, Abel, who founded Big Machines and then took Brick uh, with Max Rudman to uh, the acquisition by Salesforce, and now it's their Salesforce CPQ system. He actually saw after they got acquired, a webinar of ours. I have no idea how he got it, but Our marketing must have worked that week, I guess, with the webinars. And he picked it up and looked at it and called me and was like, you guys need to come here to Salesforce because we are are in so many enterprise deals with SAP and we have no idea how to do this. And obviously, you guys have the secret sauce for this. So we pulled out, showed them a demo and actually then developed with their team, co-developed with their team, the first CPQ um, integration product for Salesforce uh, in partnership with the Salesforce CPQ team and launched that last year at Dreamforce 2017 with Max Rootman. So that was a pretty exciting time for us.
0: And where is the company located? I think you're in Cincinnati right? So the headquarters yeah. we expect are in Cincinnati but you have other offices too?
1: Yeah we're we in Cincinnati based and uh, most of our people are virtual so they're all over the place. Uh, so we, we are starting an office now in Atlanta in Chicago because there's a big presence of Uh, the Salesforce CPQ staff, and then further down the road as well, of course, in in San Francisco. uh, Talking to the European teams, we're doing uh, work sessions in Munich and in the UK, as this is a very high-growth market for Salesforce in the next couple of years. So they're very aggressive in that market. And of course, Europe, there's 80% of SAP clients. So it's a great fit for us.
0: If you would provide our listeners a couple of examples of what No6 really does with, with data examples, what would that be?
1: Yeah, I think, think about the following. If you are a salesperson and would just have Salesforce, you would work with opportunities, you would work with contacts, you would work with some pricing. Uh, But a lot of the data that is executed by your backend system, by your enterprise system, uh, like order fulfillment, inventory available to promise, complex contract pricing, invoices and so on. Everything you need for a 360 degree view of the customer is missing. Today's tools are typically ETL tools that can enable that, but it's more download and upload. It's very static, so data is outdated. The customer knows more than the salesperson that actually talks with the customer, and that's a huge problem, right? So our solution provides and virtualizes in real time the data when uh, the customer service person or salesperson needs it. For example, a great example is Yeti Coolers, that's a client of ours, When they when they're Custom engagement managers would go into exporting goods, and they would talk with the store manager. They would not have all the accurate information about the store levels, the inventory levels, what's on back order, and so on. With our solution, we uh, provide that data in real time uh, to those people, and they can actually have a real uh, conversation about selling instead of calling back the back office via phone or sending them an email to get that information.
0: And I think you're also doing a bi-directional integration, right? It's not just yes. shoving the data from one place to the other so it, it goes back and forth. And it's a 360 view of customers as well, right? And I think you yep. also have the reporting mashups.
1: So our three three areas are targeted toward what usually the evolution of, a cl- of our clients is. So first they want to have display data of 360. That's the 360 view of the customers where they want to see all the transactions, all their inventory, all their pricing, all their contracts. Uh, so we have a separate exchange product there. We'll talk later how quickly that gets implemented. Then we talk usually about bidirectional integration on code, quotes and order entry uh, returns. Then we talk usually about CPQ when customers and Salesforce clients Move more into optimization about the configure price code process. Then we come in place to have maybe there is configurable products. How to integrate that in real time? And then of course we, we close the loop with reporting, uh, where we have a really slick tool that can connect in real time to data of SAP, and you can merge it into the in live into the Salesforce data. So you can combine Salesforce data with SAP data, and then with their with their drag-and-drop editors configure the screens. Mm -hmm. The real important thing is we are not synchronizing any data. So we are truly grabbing on demand. I always compare it like in the old days you had a lot of inventory. If you wanted to sell spare parts, today it's all just-in-time delivery and nobody has real inventory anymore. Uh, That's how we see data. So we don't want to keep a huge inventory of data that we might never need, but we really grab the data as requested as needed on demand and in real time so it's accurate so it fits to what the user wants and it's super lightning fast
0: And what are typical benefits your customers experience? What do they get out of using your solution?
1: Yeah, It's, it's all about speed like, mm. um, and it ties into Mark's statement about speed is the new currency But uh, I, I actually sat down with the CEO of Ryerson, a big steel manufacturing company a couple of weeks ago and he said, speed to service will win me the market. And I think that's the biggest advantage we bring clients because our toolset is so flexible and so lightweight in custom development. That means that we don't need a lot of lead time to develop in, uh, for to get information into the Salesforce system, but we can activate data in days and weeks instead of months and years. And that enables and frees up the organization a lot in what they can do and achieve with a small
0: team in in the Salesforce department or in the IT department. When you describe a typical project that you're running, how how does it look like? How long is it, and how many people are getting involved?
1: Yeah, again, there's a lot of flavors, but usually when we start off, for example, I pull out. If you look at, there's a Salesforce it's a customer story out about Carhart. So their originally time plan was nine months, and we literally uh, reduced that by 90%. So implementation times are very fast. So usually two weeks, three weeks go live with the first implementation cycle and then expansion to other environments, other cloud systems. Of course, that depends then on the rollout Uh, that goes usually two, three, four months uh, max Mm -hmm. instead of uh, 12 to 18 months
0: and how do you work during that time with the salesforce team because you're providing the data for them to get started right so and and how does it uh, how how do you work with with these guys during that time
1: yeah so we have we have certified partners that are experts in the salesforce environment so they usually help then advise uh, the customization of salesforce and they then bring uh, the knowledge of Gnostics to the table as well how to combine uh, SAP data with Salesforce data and how to make it a really integrated flow. And I think that's the big key of this. Uh, there is no there is no iframe where you hand off to other information. It's really embedded into the Salesforce environment uh, because we are sitting on the Salesforce Apex Layer Stack. Uh, so we, that can be accessed by Sales Cloud, Community Cloud, CPQ Cloud, AI, and so on, and all the other clouds. So it provides a real smooth experience for the end user.
0: And I think that brings up a very good point. So uh, because I think I also read that you don't use any middleware and you don't require any coding. Now tell us, please, in in non-technical terms, what that means and how that benefits the customer.
1: So what that means is that we tie completely into Salesforce Vision, right? We want to provide a lightweight solution where we simplify the resources required to do the work. Like if you, if you think about traditional ways, you need to have a developer on the Salesforce side, you need to have a developer on the middleware, you need to have a developer on the SAP side. So we are trying to shrink that uh, down as much as possible and tie into that low-code approach that Salesforce has, uh, where, for example, our AppExchange product, it literally can be installed in a couple of hours. A Salesforce admin, it's in the Salesforce environment. They don't need to learn a new toolbox. They don't need to learn a new tool they can work with the uh, Salesforce Lightning designers. They're used to that, and then drag and drop in real-time uh, data components from SAP into their screens, and we do the magic in the background to make it all appear when a customer then calls that screen. Uh, so that's that's the next generation of solutions that's required for integration. So it's easily maintainable uh, without a lot of development. There's always like custom development needed still uh, where the tools are getting better as as Salesforce innovates their tools. Uh, we are upgrading our tools but uh, really the, the the big vision is low code admin, certified admins in the Salesforce world can do the integration scenarios without actual developers.
0: Now I have one question concerning the SAP acquisition of Caledas Cloud, right? So yeah. I think I would be interested to see what you think if and how that potentially impacts you, what, what you see coming here.
1: It, it's an interesting acquisition, of course, right? Because it's, it's a market player. We'll have to see. And again, I, my belief truly is, not that's why I, I know SAP for a long time. I did CRM, SAP, I did C4C, I did e-commerce, I did a lot of the uh, new dimension products of SAP. Uh, but I truly believe that Salesforce, uh, there is a big reason why they are a leader in the CRM space, because they're focused on it, right? They are a CRM company. That's all they do all day long, and that's where they're really good at. It. Now they're diversifying. On the SAP side, they're trying to be an enterprise company and now uh, being a CRM company as well. So we'll have to see how that flushes out. It's definitely interesting, that move. It will depend how tightly they are able to integrate it. In the past, uh, that did not happen very well, and how combined it is with all the other products, uh, with the hybrid marketing product, with the hybrid commerce, with the sales cloud they have, they have a service cloud, now they have Elitos cloud. So we'll have to see, are they really able to put a one unified product together out of all those components uh, that make sense for the client?
0: And here a quick note regarding our new and free CPQ Circle community. Stay up to date with the latest CPQ knowledge from many CPQ vendors, system integrators, researchers and customers by checking out our new CPQ Circle community. Read CPQ specific industry articles, best practice, learn about job opportunities and much more because you can learn something, benefit from it and because it's free. Check it out at www.novocpq.com, look for resource and then select CPQ Circle Community. Make sure to check back regularly because the content will change frequently. The content is provided by all CPQ Circle subscribers. Another question related to that is do you also see differences uh, based on geographies? Because from what I see, SAP is still stronger in in Europe than it is in North America, and, and I just wonder if if you think there will be any differences based on geography.
1: Yeah, as everybody knows, like Europeans, especially around Germany, Austria, like Switzerland, Benelux, they are very SAP centric countries, right? Um, you almost grow up with SAP, and you have the home advantage that SAP did very well for a lot of a lot of people there. So people are really evaluating twice before they switch to a different tool and the sap products on the logistics side on the execution side on the back end and as a development platform are hugely stable like all my respect for that right i I love i love sap otherwise i wouldn't do that in the back end so again we'll have to see like if those new solutions that sap brings with those acquisitions uh, will be able to transform really quickly so that they fit as easy as Salesforce, and uh, then of course it would be re- very interesting for us as well to integrate like the cloud, cloud at some point. Hmm. Uh, so technology-wise, we can do it, and the question will be: Is is SAP trying to do that themselves, so, or like in the past, let other people uh, worry about that piece? So we'll see.
0: One question, especially since you decided to partner with Salesforce, right? So what about uh, partnering with other solutions? Microsoft seems to be growing in the CRM space yep. as well. Is that something that's interesting for you too?
1: Yeah, definitely. So again, we are, our focus today, we live in Salesforce, right? Because uh, there's, the growth is so big and there's so much opportunity. Uh, but of course, our techno- technology is multi-platform capable. Uh, we have an SDK that works with .NET, with Azure, uh, we did not venture out into that world yet. So we want to be really establish ourselves as the number one player between Salesforce and SAP and then expand to the other, to the other markets and other CRM platforms, especially CPQ platforms, and then maybe as well back So Oracle.net suite might be on the list as well.
0: And how long is? I think we already mentioned earlier a little bit the typical integration project, but I, I think that's always hard to say because what's a typical customer? But when you yeah. look at this right now, what's what's a standard customer size that you're working with? Very large customers, more smaller customers. Yeah,
1: it's 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 all over the place. It's from two hundred million revenue to forty billion dollar companies. Right, so that the projects can be very small and and lightweight, uh, like a Carhartt is a bigger company, but Carhartt, I think they they did the right, the right approach. They picked a simple use case to get started and then grow from there. Or you have those big behemoths where you have 20 organizations involved and international rollouts. And. It's not so much actually about the technical implementation, but then all the UAT testing and user onboarding and international approach and all that stuff, like how does all that work? It takes a lot of time away. We'll, we'll come to other questions where, my, where I can recommend what's usually should be done in those projects. Hmm.
0: And, and what do customers need to know before they start a project with you? So it's, uh, what, what should they do to increase the likelihood of being successful?
1: Know what you want and what gives you a big ROI for your organization. That's still the biggest downfall of a lot of projects that we see where we go in and actually advise them because we see so many enterprise uh, clients and see so many project approaches uh, where we advise, hey, pick really a sweet spot where you know you give a lot to your users for a small amount of time. Uh, 360 is perfect for that right? a lot of, if you you think about how much call, uh, reducing the calls to your internal back office you do just by providing your sales consultants or your customer service with the right enterprise information Uh, we have studies from some of our customers they save 8 hours and more a week per sales rep if you imagine what that means to the organization just on additional selling you can do, but then as well, reducing the calls to the back office. It's insane. And so know really where is your core pain and where do you get the most out of it? So you get the big, bang, the biggest bang for your buck in the organization and then do the rest of the 20% that's usually really hard to do. And And, takes long.
0: and, and one question related to that is also, especially since artificial intelligence, Intelligence as a, as a marketing hype word right now, buzzword that yep. you can read almost in every other article. How often do you see that customers want to integrate data that they use now for artificial intelligence projects?
1: So I've been around the block for a long time, since 20 years, right? That buzzword had, had various names in, in the last 10, 15 years. But what I see is that companies are really trying to use data differently, I would say, uh, just to be more suggestive. That's what I see the most right now, where where there's suggestions made, you can say predictive analytics and all that stuff. And then as well, what we see in the CRM space, a lot of collection of machine data and then using that to predict what needs to be done on, on servicing uh, clients on uh, frequently asked questions and again it's all about them to provide better services and better speed to service as well as the client so that's where the areas that where i see ai with the CRM
0: clients. and when you work on your projects do you typically work more with business oriented teams or more with it teams and what's the biggest difference from your point of view
1: yeah usually usually first the first touch is with business right we discuss the business value, how does it fit, how can we help with our solution, make their organization better and, and take pain away. So that's the biggest question is, is the why and what. And then the how is more than IT, where they want to look at, does this tool fit, uh, do we have the right skill sets, how is it different to what we have today? Because change our tool is different, it's a new approach to how we do data integration, and change is always tough for big organizations, especially in the IT. They have staffing, they have skill sets, they have trained people, uh, and they take that pretty serious. As we have with them, pro- or are we, we are processing in some organizations hundreds of millions of, of data and have thousands of users running on this? So it needs to be very scalable and very and bulletproof on execution. So IT takes, takes that piece very serious, which they should, and and make sure that the change is worse,
0: worse well. And what should customers in general consider con, uh, regarding maintenance of the solution? Because I would expect it's not just you're going there, implement the data once, and then you're done, yeah. right? So it's an ongoing maintenance. What do they need to consider?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think what most of organizations underestimate right now that Everybody talks about agile development right? but it's agile in business and it, that's a true statement that most of the, the organizations are not ready yet. So it's constant change. Business are changing constantly. Business processes are changing constantly. Your competition doesn't sleep so they are changing the game. So the business has to react in an agile manner and fashion and improve constantly week over week over week and with such a integrational tool that can provide you data from all different areas from from sales from product from production from finance from inventory levels from contract basis from tax information and so on it will be a central hub for, for those organizations for improvements. so there will be always ongoing projects so organizations really need to focus on Staffing the right talent for that, and have talent that constantly work on those improvements, so that they really uh, maximize the return of it.
0: And what do you see right now as one of the biggest challenges for customers? So they implement the, uh, your product, they use it, but what challenges do they typically run into, and how can they potentially address them?
1: Tyson, know what you know what you want, and really focus on that. And, uh It's really focusing. The tools like Salesforce, our, our tools ties into it, and a lot of exchange products, they can do so many things for an organization. What do you pick first? It's all about focus and do it right and set the foundation to grow. I think that's my, that's my big advice. Don't go too broad too quickly uh, with those powerful solutions, but really know your, your path and way to success over, over the next two years. And then apply on an agile methodology where you, bi-weekly, you're starting improving, and really uh, question yourself: Is this functionality of provide really providing value for the users? And the, the users means the customers are internal customers most of the time. salespeople, people, customer service people. How can that drive get bring better service to their customers, the end customer, and have them part of that evaluation process? Get constant feedback. So that you really put the right tools in front of them, uh, so that your user community is happy and can do a great job.
0: Now, one question concerning your business partnerships: What partners are you working with, and what do you do to qualify them to work for you? Do they have to take a certification on your product?
1: Yeah. So, so we work currently with uh, Simplus, Code Zero, Customer Times, ATG. Uh, Magnet360, Acumen, those are the big ones that we're working with. Um, I'm not sure if you guys saw the G2 Crowd quadrant of the uh, IS, the leading ISV partners. So we are basically working with all of the leading ones uh, and the ones that have the highest customer ratings. So for us, really important is they need to be an expert in a certain field, which for us is mostly manufacturing, CPQ, uh, community, cloud, sales cloud. Uh, those, are, those are the leading ones. Uh, they really need to differentiate themselves by customer satisfaction. That's one of the biggest drive of, drivers for me. Uh, so they need to be top-notch and aligning with our vision of having really happy, happy clients. And then, yeah, technically they get certified and onboarded and we'll do the first projects with them to make sure that the customer has a great experience. But those two things are really important for me.
0: Excellent, and I think the best, as always, is to see the product live. So, and I guess you're going to be at Dreamforce again this year, correct? So, we're, yeah. are there any other events uh, before or after Dreamforce that ch- customers can see you where they can experience the product themselves?
1: Yeah, Dreamforce, of course, is big. Right, we have a, we are this year in the manufacturing industry segment area, uh, which is a new. A vertical industry of salesforce so we're super excited we got picked out of one out of five spots there we have uh, a speaking engagement with pascal the svp of cpq and billing uh, with one of our customers InterSys. Uh, we have some focus groups around sap integration how that's done with salesforce how do you maximize your uh, value uh, so super excited to check us out on the on the schedule for process for lots going on and then we will be at local chapters as well. Uh, We are currently revamping the website so there will be new content out there on the website as well on what events we are going Uh, and feel free to contact us through our website as well www.inostics.com and we'll jump on and show you the product in action.
0: Excellent. Hey uh, Gerald if somebody has a specific question for you to follow up what's a good way for them to get in contact with you?
1: LinkedIn, the best way, uh, gerald.schlechter, uh, through LinkedIn, message me there. That's pretty much my portal portal now, or if you want to send me an email uh, at uh, gerald.schlechter at gnostics.com, that works, of course, as well. And I'm happy to discuss and help out with any integration problems you might have, even if it's not related to gnostics directly. So we have a lot, of, a lot of knowledge on how to do things and what
0: not to do. Excellent. Very helpful. Hey, Gerald, thank you very much for taking the time to do that.
1: Frank, I appreciate it. And I'm excited to see this on your podcast.
0: I'd like to thank everyone for listening and hope you learned something interesting today. If you like the podcast, please go ahead and rate it on iTunes or share it with your friends and colleagues. In the meantime, you can find us online at www.novocpq.com. So long, everyone.